and I, I said, it, it's going to seem a little crazy, but we, we've done some really fun stuff with, with different partners over the years, and I think you'll love it. And so I described it to him, and then I played the song. And no one said anything for a good three to four seconds, which in that environment with a brand new partner at that scale is an eternity. And then his wife just burst out laughing and Phil followed. And it felt like it was positive laughter, not laughter at how crazy I was. And she she looked at him and said, should I tell him or should you? And he said, no, go ahead. And she said, Phil can do the worm. And I thought, oh, my God, this is going to happen. I can't believe that I... Welcome to another episode of the Golf.com podcast. I'm your host, Sean Zock. It is basically the end of 2018, which is a perfect time to look back on the things that really shocked us this year, the many things that stood out from 2018. And one of those things is the Phil Mickelson dancing commercial done by Mizzen and Maine. That's a dress shirt company that Phil is in partnership with now. You've got Phil high kicking, doing the worm, dancing his way all around flying golf balls. I think we have to call it the campaign of the year, and I'm pretty confident in saying that there wasn't a whole lot of competition otherwise, but joining me today to talk about it, uh, to discuss it, the backstory, everything about it, is Mizzen and Maine CEO, Kevin Lavelle. Kevin, how's it going? It's, it's great. It's been a, a lot of fun uh, to see how people have responded to this. I love getting to talk about it, and um of all the things I've gotten to do in my life, this is one of the, the most fun and, and coolest experiences. So always happy to share a little bit of that perspective. Yeah. Do you think, do you think looking at the golf space that you, you have a good stake for campaign of the year, maybe? Um, I, that's a, that's a bold statement for, for me to say about <laughs> myself. And I certainly have not seen every, every campaign out there, but what I can tell you is it was beyond our wildest expectations. And when when players are finishing their round and reporters are making them watch our commercial on air to get their reaction, that's a pretty good campaign. Yeah, I'd say it was, it was quite the splash and a lot of stuff went into it. As with all things, the final product arrives far after all the work that went into it uh, on the front end. But um, let's just talk quickly first about just Phil Mickelson plus Mizzen and Maine, like from the get go. Where and when does the story really begin? Yeah, so th this this specific story, I'll give you the uh, very brief background on the company for context for those who haven't heard it. But I watched a guy run into a building soaked in sweat uh, now, gosh, probably 10 or 15 years ago. And the idea just stuck with me. Why not use the, the same things that drive our performance fabrics uh, and, and all the things that we've come to know and love in athletic apparel? For a dress shirt and so fast forward a number of years later uh, we've grown the company to a really happy and <laughs> healthy place as, as an organization and um, we've gotten some great pro athletes engaged and one of those ended up being Phil Mickelson and the idea for the partnership with Phil came from actually one of our investors and, and he threw out what if you had a golfer play around in your dress shirt because our dress shirt has all of these amazing athletic fabric qualities and what better way to show what it's capable of in an, in an environment where a lot of the people watching tend to wear dress shirts every day. Um, and so we explored a few options just to get one person to play one round in our shirt one time. And Phil 
loved the shirt so much, he said, maybe we do something bigger here. And he wore it at Augusta during a practice round paired with Tiger Woods during Tiger's first time back in, I think it was about five years. Yeah, that's a splash. Needless to say, it was absolute mayhem of (laughs) hysteria and discussion. And I think Phil had so much fun with it that we were interested both parties were interested in moving towards a more um significant partnership wow so you had not even figured that out at that point that he puts it on and wears it uh during the practice round we knew that he had the shirt and we knew he was going to wear it um we hadn't figured out all of the specifics yet uh have a great relationship with his agent uh, coach uh, everyone calls him coach his name's steve loy with lagadere and so we were talking about a few things, and, and I think we all just said, you know what, let's, let's do this. Let's have some fun with it, not knowing at that time exactly what we were going to do. We were still working through some details, but we were all interested in a little bit more. And then once, um, once that happened, we all had so much fun with it uh, that it was about ironing out the details, which we did over, over the next few weeks. It was, a, it was a pretty quick turn from the time we first started talking to the time we actually inked a, a, a pretty big partnership and – um, I think it speaks also to not only um, his agent coach, not only his kind of ability to see and, and come up with different possibilities and opportunities, but also to the type of guy that Phil is. He loves to do something different. He loves to be um, uh, unique. And he's also one of the best ambassadors or endorsers in all of pro sports. Uh, that's, that's just widely known given the nature of his partnerships and um frankly, how, how he's ranked amongst worldwide endorsers. Yeah, no, I mean, that makes good sense. Um, before we move, move even forward with that, I'm curious, it's pretty obvious when you, when you get asked the question, why Phil? Um, but, you know, Phil was the first golfer that Mizzen and Maine was going to strike up a deal with, uh, like on a, on a big time scale. You guys had deals. Um, I'm not sure how long they're still withstanding, but you had previous engagements with like Jake Arrieta and JJ Watt, maybe American stars. And I guess the question is like, why Phil? Why, why did it make sense to approach him instead of a different golfer, maybe a younger golfer or something like that? When it came time for golf, the the thought really was with all the other athletes we've worked with, we take pictures of them, they wear their products, they do all the standard endorsement stuff, but um, that because of the uniforms, they can never demonstrate what our product is capable of um, on, on screen, on, you know, on the field of play. And that was the idea behind the golfer. And then when it came to Phil, there, there were a few very tactical reasons. And then ultimately everyone knows that Phil's one of the best partners in the world for any brand, but the question, why not work with a younger guy who may be more on the up and coming kind of part of it. And the reality is we're growing so fast and there's so much opportunity in front of us as a business that we wanted to partner with one of the top names in the world in golf. Um, Not that there aren't some really great guys on the younger side that will be there, but there's no question that Phil is one of the top golfers, not just in today's era, but of all time. And so I'm audacious and naive enough sometimes to swing swing big as I have for years and in, in trying to start the company and, and work with guys like JJ that we, we took a big swing. Mm-hmm. Um, some, some elements also are at play in terms of who is contracts and what capacity in kind mm-hmm. of remotely competitive companies. And um, ultimately 
when as soon as I had been connected with someone on Phil's team and I knew it was in the realm of possibility, because if you had asked me before I went down this road, if I thought it was possible to work with Phil Nicholson, I would have said, no, of course not. We're too small. You know, we, while we're growing and there's lots of good things, how could I possibly work with Phil? And ultimately now that I am working with Phil, it's like, Oh yeah, he was the perfect person. We should have not even bothered trying to think about anybody else. And yeah. uh, we got very lucky to work with his agent. We got very lucky to be introduced at the right time. And uh, we're lucky to have a partner like Phil who loves to have fun and, and just be different enough to uh, create some buzz and, represent us in the best way yeah i suppose a, a lot of the guys on the tour who you would think maybe would work with you they've already got deals set up elsewhere so phil was probably the perfect guy at least in, in that right um let's let's think about him at the masters like you said what what is happening that day i think i think it was tuesday practice round like take me through that moment like is your phone like just ringing off the hook are you getting emails from people was it kind of what you expected though because you knew he was going to play with it like how does that morning go for you it was a lot bigger than I expected there's no question about that it was also it wasn't as if we'd been planning for six months for this to happen it, it had been a very 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 short turnaround that we knew it was going to happen but as I mentioned, we were still working through what the longer-term partnership looked like. So we weren't we weren't in that moment announcing that Phil was signing this big deal with us and we were doing all these things because we knew we were doing something. We just didn't know what it was yet. And so it was a it was a cautious description of yes, that is our shirt, and yes, how exciting is that? And yes, we're getting a lot of website traffic. Um, and when people asked, you know, what what does this mean? What's going on? really was yeah phil's wearing our shirt how cool is that so it was it was a unique position to be in including uh, for those of you who've been to augusta or know the rules you can't have your cell phone yeah. on the grounds and so that even extends to agents and so as things were just blowing up i couldn't get a hold of his agent to <laughs> yeah. talk through hey you know how do we want to approach answering some of these questions so uh, look, I think that's part of the relationship that he and I have built and, and the trust on both sides that we'll get there and it's not all about one day. Mm -hmm. um, so I was able to answer some questions and some I just had to I had to just play uh, by ear and, and kind of let some things unfold as they happened. And Phil, um, Phil, again, from being a great ambassador, he had fun with it. People were giving him grief because yeah. You know, he, he's the KPMG guy. and He looked like the accountant playing golf and because <laughs> uh, he's wearing the dress shirt. But he, he said the, the right thing. Yeah, the shirt's stretchy. Feels good. I think I look good. Don't you think I look good? And he was having a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Um, but even more, one of those pinch me moments was Tiger's first round back in so many years. The second question that the press pool asked him was about, hey, what did you think about Phil's dress shirt? Yeah. And that that was that was a, a lot of fun to to have unfold the way that it did. Yeah, it. Uh, I mean, for a while there, we, the the world could not see it outside of like the photos that Getty was sharing that was being downloaded <laughs> by websites. Like it was a couple photos of him in a dress shirt. Um, yeah, it was it was definitely different than what we were expecting. Um, but I'm sure yeah. for you in many many good ways. Does um, that hit business right away like does that mean business right away or does it take a while for that to uh, i guess affect the bottom line yeah th there's some element of we didn't have a deal struck so it's not as if 
and and we still our logo is not visible on the shirt while he's playing just based on the nature of our agreement um and we don't put logos on our dress shirts so that's a that's part of who we are as a company um so it's not as if our name was plastered everywhere while it was happening um some of the news articles we were responding to questions and we were definitely a buzz we had a very nice sales boost the much much, much bigger day was when we released that major campaign, which you're referring to as a part of this. Um, but there's also a component of it's a $125 dress shirt that is a totally new product category for almost everyone hearing about it. Yeah. So it's it's not an impulse purchase. It's not as if someone can just say, yeah, I'll just order that. It's five bucks. Let's see what it's like. For us, it was a huge sales boost and made a big difference for us this year. But also it's about the dramatically increased level of awareness of our brand and how many more people are now hearing about us and knowing about us. And then the kind of uh, multiple after effects that come along with a campaign and an awareness that is so successful. Yeah. And one of those, I suppose, I mean, the the deal itself kind of was made public uh, the week of the players. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but he played uh, in a shirt at the players too. Does, is it more significant at all to you when he plays in it during an actual tournament round, like actual competition or it, I don't know when it won't still be a really cool experience to see him wearing our product. Um, he wore it on Sunday at the British open. Uh, there are whichever tournament it is, whichever, uh, you know, day, whichever shirt it's still, hard to believe that Phil Mickelson is wearing our product um, at that level of competition. Now he did debut it at the players and he did not play well, but as it stands <laughs> and he said after the competition, I don't know how I ever won here. This, this is just not my course. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the big players this year at the players did not play well. A lot of people got cut. Um, I think Tiger just barely made the cut. It's just a unique course. Oh yeah. We certainly got a lot of flack for him not playing well. Um, <laughs> the reality is Phil decides what he wears, when he wears it, and um, I don't have any say in that, and I don't care to have any say in that. It's up to him. Yeah. Um, but I can tell you that he genuinely does love the product, and um, we're a small and growing company. It's not as if um, it's not as if we wrote him a check so unbelievably massive to dwarf all of his other endorsements that he's forcing himself to play in something he doesn't like. He, he loves the product. It's fun for him. Um, and it's, uh, it's all the things that he would hope for to be able to play in if his sleeves are a little bit longer. Yeah. Uh, now let's fast forward to August, right? And that's when, yeah. that's when the, the actual campaign comes out. Yeah. It's very early August. It was, um, it was the middle of the week, I think, uh, or maybe the first day of Thursday. Uh, of the Brit- the Bridgestone, the WGC. Yep. Um, yep. I mean, that video arrives in early August, but the story of that, I mean, when, where does the conversation about putting that together even begin? Is that happening in May or June or like where did the where does the ground start on that? <laughs> yeah. So um, we announced the partnership at the players and um, very shortly thereafter um, my creative director came to me and said hey I, I figured out what I want to do for our video shoot with Phil um, we want to have him 
dodging golf balls. It'll be green screen. Don't worry. We're not actually going to hit golf yeah. balls at Phil Mickelson to show the stretch and, and the movement of the fabric and kind of the performance components. But um, to make it more fun and interesting, I want him to be dancing to Ghostland Observatories vibrate. <laughs> and I don't know how long I didn't say anything. I just stood there staring at him. But we've been working together for a long time, and I have so much faith in his creative capabilities, and he's done some really extraordinary work that I just said, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll go and pitch it. And uh, I had gone out there. Uh, I was scheduled to be out there maybe a week or two later to, to work on his polo with him, which we just recently launched. And so after some really great conversations around the polo and fabrics and, and the partnership, I said, um, so I've, I've, I've got this video concept that I'd like to share with you. And it was he and his wife, my product development director and, and his agent coach. Um, and I, I said, it, it's going to seem a little crazy, but we, we've done some really fun stuff with, with different partners over the years. And I think you'll love it. And so I described it to him and then I played the song. And no one said anything for a good three to four seconds, which in that environment with a brand new partner at that scale is an eternity. And then his wife, Amy, who's one of the most lovely people in the entire world, just burst out laughing and Phil followed. And I was, it felt like it was positive laughter, not laughter at how, yeah. how crazy I was. And she, she looked at him and said, should I tell him or should you? And he said, no, go ahead. And she said, Phil can do the worm. And I thought, Oh my God, this is going to happen. I can't believe that I actually pitched him this. And yeah. I can't believe in even more so that we're going to get it to happen. And so they just showed me videos of him over the years, dancing with friends at weddings, you know, those kinds of things. And yeah. the, the funniest, the funniest comment of anything that I'd heard in the, in the fallout or, or kind of amplification of that campaign was Matt Kuchar said, I knew Phil could dance like that. I just never knew anybody else would know that Phil could yeah. dance like that because, you know, at parties that they'd been to where everybody's respectful and doesn't, you know, record videos or, or share anything. Um, apparently, it's no secret that Phil loves to dance on tour. And so all the tour guys loved that this secret was finally out. Yeah, I love it. Uh, so before we like talk about the shoot, um, going back to like your creative director, like what is the goal in that campaign like at the start of it the goal is obviously like most transparent get the brand out there have it be kind of a i mean is it is virality the goal is it reaching as many people as possible or is it trying to show something about the shirt or, or whatever like what is the what are the goals it, it's really it's really kind of all of those it wasn't as if we said we'd really love to have this video seen 2 billion times, which according to a couple independent metrics is how many times it was viewed across all of the online places that ended up all of the memes, all of the, you know, uh, it was, it was wow. on repeat on sports center for I think four days. Yeah. Um, it, none of us could have assumed that that was possible. So I'm not going to say that that was the goal. The goal was to create something that would be a part of the cultural conversation in a big and fun way that demonstrated that our product was different, that we were associated with Phil Mickelson, and that this is a brand that you want to engage with. Um, if, the, if the campaign had been more commercially focused, it wouldn't have been as virally successful as it was. Yeah. Um, so we certainly wanted to sell shirts from it. That's why we exist. We're not just a content 
company. Um, but it was finding that balance of we want millions of people to hear about us um, and want to engage with us. And we want to spend a little bit of actual dollars on actual commercials, but then have it take flight from there. And yeah. that ultimately happened beyond our wildest expectations. And, and so it actually did become a commercial, right? On the air on the Golf Channel? Yes. Um, we bought airtime on the Golf Channel on Thursday and Friday and then on CBS on Saturday and Sunday. And then the commercial was performing so well that we ended up buying more commercial spots over the ensuing week or two on CNN and Fox and MSNBC and CNBC and, and all of the places where a lot of our customers live on a daily basis. Oh, wow. So, I mean, what when you say it was performing well, like I don't think a lot of people understand when a commercial on their television screen performs well or doesn't perform well. Like what does that actually mean? The traffic to our site that we're able to monitor post uh, broadcast of these commercials, what's happening with search terms, what's happening with um, social engagement, what's happening with all of those together are individual data points that we'll use to say we should keep going. Now, um, there is no exact science on a television commercial. Everybody looks at it differently because it's about different types of goals and what you're actually trying to generate. But given it is about maximizing engagement and awareness of the brand and driving additional sales over time, we felt as if enough of those right boxes were being checked that we should continue to push it to keep it culturally relevant. Yeah, totally. That, that's, that's very interesting. I don't think a lot of people understand, I guess, how the, the input comes to produce more output in terms of commercials. Uh, now, what is the shoot day like? Because I'm very interested in that. Like, are you there on hand at the shoot you know what kind of scene i guess does that look like yeah so when you work with somebody at that level um it's not as if they're being difficult but you just know you have a certain period of time um you want to be respectful of their calendar and everything that they have on their plate and their real job which is their sport and their family and so we knew we had three hours from the time he got there to the time we needed to re release him back to his family. Uh, so we got there, you know, introduced himself. He's an incredibly friendly person um, and met the crew. We took some pictures of him um, for various campaigns, just basic still photography, which is necessary. And we rented a studio in Southern California near where he lives and brought in 2,000 square feet of actual turf because we um, wanted to have to green screen as little as possible and make it look as real as possible. Yeah. There was a 30-foot green screen wall uh, that we had painted and prepped. And then we brought in a professional light lighting crew, a professional camera crew, and a professional VFX crew. This is a pretty significant set, but we're very nimble as a company. As I said, we're, we're small but growing quickly, and we did it for probably a fifth the cost of a normal production shoot. Um, because we just did a lot ourselves and we have to be nimble and we walked him through, this is what it's going to look like. And actually our creative director's wife was the choreographer. She put together the dance that we wanted to do and, um, we showed it to him and he just had this look on his face. Like, this is not going to be easy. I'm not a professional dancer, but let's see what we can do. And, and so 
we ultimately, I think we did probably, gosh, I don't remember, probably 10 to 15 takes of it. Mm-hmm. And then we just turned them loose. And that's where we got the fan kick and the worm and a lot of fun things that made it in the commercial. Um, and uh, I sent him, a, sent him a clip of it that night um, afterwards. And he called me and he said, obviously, that was dancing by yourself in front of 30 people usually not a comfortable experience for most people. He said, obviously that was a little bit tough, but that was fun. You guys were awesome. And I'm so excited about this commercial. (laughs) And so I think it's a perfect balance of that humility because it is awkward dancing in front of 30 people by yourself, but that sense of I'm going to have fun and let's do something awesome together. And um, he, when we finished it, because we went through a couple rounds of edits together when we finished it and released it out into the wild, he had so much fun with it. He, he just, he loved it. Um, and for the next few months when he was at tournaments, people would just start yelling out, dance, Phil, dance yeah. for us. And, you know, he did the shimmy a few weeks later at another tournament. It was, it was awesome. That, that, that was a, an actual moment during the, the, the golf year, the golf Twitter year, so to say that stands out for me. Um, but what's next? That's my question. Like, you know, look, just looking at YouTube, the views on that video alone compared to the other videos that you guys have done, I know it was never going to be a fair fight, but it, <laughs> it's, it's almost at a million, uh, the original video on YouTube alone, which is and a lot. <laughs> when you, when you, when you look at, when you look at places like Darren Ravel's Twitter feed and yeah. ESPN's Twitter feed and all of those, it, it was beyond our wildest expectations for things that we can actually track like online where I can see how many views are on each of those. But then ESPN and Good Morning America and CNN, I mean, they were playing our commercial on air to talk about it as a news story. For and free. that is for free. every brand's dream. They were talking about, oh, my gosh, look at Phil dancing. This is crazy. Or even saying things like Mizzen and Maine came up with the campaign of the year. Can't believe Mizzen and Maine got him to do this. And so we got it wasn't as if there was just a still of it without brand recognition. We had an enormous amount of very direct brand recognition, which was just awesome. Yeah. The remaining questions I have though are fun. Like I really hope that you guys at Mizzen and Maine, did you have a big like campaign launch party? Like did you, I hope you guys really celebrated this the right way. Um, it's, <laughs> it was a very, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but it was a very funny moment that we knew it the first time it was going to air was on golf channel at i want to say like 2 30 p.m but we released it online darren Ravel tweeted it um barstool picked it up and then um espn picked it. it it started going crazy to where it had been viewed probably a few million times before the commercial actually aired on television and so we went to, there's a bar restaurant down the street from our office and a bunch of us walked down there and we were waiting, we were waiting and, you know, on, on the air, the, the commercial broadcast. And it was oddly satisfying to see our commercial on TV. It's the first TV commercial we've ever bought. Yeah. And also very anticlimactic because I've watched <laughs> this commercial probably 2000 times before this moment. It's already going viral online. And then it's just, after 30 seconds, it's on TV. It's done. It's, it's not like there was a live studio audience to react to it. It was, 
we were just at a bar and we asked them to turn every other TV off so we could just watch this and hear it. And um, we were all high-fiving and cheersing and, and um, uh, all of that. But um, it was this very unbelievably proud moment. And also after 30 seconds, it's just back to other TV commercials, which, yeah. okay, you're back to real real life. All right. So, so do we get another Phil video in the future? As you can imagine, we've gotten that question a lot. And we've had some really fun conversations with Phil about it. We've been batting around a bunch of ideas internally. We do not have the follow-up locked and loaded yet because oh. we're still working through um, what we're going to do to have more fun than we had last time. And it's also, on one hand, everybody wants to see it again. On one hand, everybody wants something new. Um, and it's going to be very, very, very hard to top it. And, and that was a big part of, I think, the campaign success. It was so unbelievably unexpected in basically every part of it. That Phil is working with a dresser company and wearing them when he plays in tournaments. That he is dancing on TV. That it's Ghostland Observatories vibrate. <laughs> that he's doing the worm and doing a fan kick. All of those things together just made for an ultimate shock value that I'm not sure can ever fully be replicated, but I'm really excited for the challenge. And I know our team is, and I know Phil's had so much fun with this, that um, uh, if the commercial had flopped, I'm sure we probably would have done something fun again, but because of its success, um, I think everybody's even more excited for what's next. Yeah. I mean, sequels can be good things and sequels can be bad things. Uh, <laughs> I, I imagine that song though, that song has to be a great feeling, but also you, you've got to be annoyed or maybe not annoyed. You've got to just be tired of the song by this point. Right. You know, I, I expected to be, but I think because the, because the commercial makes me laugh every time. And it's one of those, even though I've seen it 2000 times, I still love seeing it and, and remembering different pieces of filming it and, and things that are not on, you know, things that are on the cutting room floor versus uh, in that commercial it's such a great memory that I don't think the song could ever really be uh, tiresome for me. Yeah. That said, probably for our creative team that had to edit it, they're probably tired of it because yeah. I've, I've listened to it 2000 times. They've probably listened to it 25,000 times. Um, uh, but I'm, I'm, uh, I'm still a big fan of, of, uh, <laughs> of Ghostlands Vibrate. Yeah, no doubt. I bet you will be for a while. That's great, Kevin. I really appreciate it. Uh, you can take this unofficial golf.com podcast campaign of the year award um, and, and just appreciate it. I'm sure you will, uh, but, but congrats on it all. And I'm, I'm sure you'll come up with something great for 2019. Thanks for the recognition. And again, love talking about this experience. It's been great and really excited to see what we can do next. That was Kevin Lavelle. Major thanks to him for joining me. It's a fun little conversation about how these things work, how they go from ideation into production, the whole sponsorship partnership, all these aspects lead to, would happen to be a really viral commercial and nothing's guaranteed about that entire process. So thanks to him for joining me. Thanks to you for listening. That is the second to last episode of the golf.com podcast for the year. Next week we will have bold predictions from all of my coworkers. Um, five really good bold predictions uh, to look forward to for 2019. Stay tuned for that. Happy holidays. Keep listening to the golf.com podcast in 2019 because we're actually bringing you a couple really fun different series. You will just have to wait for them. Until then, I'm your host, Sean Zock.